Welcome everyone to the greatest show on earth, the NCR show, the No Chance Radio Podcast, the streetwear show about literally anything and everything, as Nate likes to put it. Um, my name is Ryan. I am uh, your co-host of this beloved show, um, and as always, my guy next to me, virtually, not physically. <laughs> it's my guy, Nate. Nate, say what's up to the people, man. Yo, what's up, everybody? Imagine if you were like literally right next to me, though, with completely different setups. I mean, but completely like completely different. Backgrounds, yeah. Uh, yeah, but not like in a yeah, weird not way. Not in a weird way. You know? Not in a weird way at all. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for joining us. This is episode one fifteen. We're going to talk about um, Supreme's recent buyout. We're going to talk about a man that I feel like a lot of people have heard the name of, but I would say like a majority of people, including myself, is is just now coming to uh, learn about, which is uh, Warren Lottis. And we're going to talk about um, doing shrooms, I guess. oh man but first and foremost before we start the show we always got to give a big shout out to guayaki our um our little show sponsor our little uh i mean they 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 power everything that we do to be honest they powered my uh my morning routine my night routines um <laughs> literally everything i mean i just have you slapping your bamate on your face have, <laughs> right i mean uh um a little thing right here uh it's getting me through this show but uh shout out to them uh thanks for for everything and uh yeah if you guys have never tried yerba mate which i mean i come across a lot of people that haven't tried it uh visit your local sprouts man sprouts has the deal i think larry said they have a the deal at food max also i mean or you could just you can shoplift them do whatever it takes to to try <laughs> try can hashtag come to life um but yeah, shout out to Guayaki. Uh, cool. So, look, man. I don't know about you, but uh, I think every show we should start out with just catching up on our feelings of the previous show. You know, like anything we've heard that was good, any positive feedback, negative feedback. Um, even like things that I felt like I could have done better or maybe even forgot to mention in the previous episode. Uh, but you can start like anything that you thought about the last episode that you thought was like really cool. Um, maybe info that you like recently came up, came across like anything on your end. Um, no, I think it's just cool to be like one of the first, you know, I think the first street war podcast to be, on Twitch, doing a Twitch live stream. I think that's super fucking sick. Um, I don't appreciate how you censored me last week on the last episode. Um, yeah. Um, but other than that, no. You know, had a good week. Felt felt like it was a good episode. You know, I'd say, yeah, I mean, to, to your point, only a small percentage of things went wrong. And I'm really happy about that. Um, right. All the troubleshooting didn't take too long. You know, the audio and everything got figured out. Um, but yeah, we really want to do this, man. I mean, I think the the visual aspect of any podcast is, is always a highly demanded thing. Um, I mean, even when it comes to like, you know, the Joe Rogan podcast, like there's just a certain element of the visual aspect that I think elevates the conversation even more. I mean, at the end of the day, you're just watching two people talk. Um, 
but really it's just like feeling as if you're you're in that setting or feeling as if like you're within the conversation as well which i think is really cool um it's like you guys are here exactly exactly in my bedroom kind of i mean it's kind of a bummer because i mean i have to see nate's virtual face you know i mean the days when we would record in person you know like they they were also fun but you know the virtual face i'm just gonna have to deal with um but once we get a studio bro oh my god a studio is gonna be so sick with props and yeah. fucking uh i'm gonna have my own cubicle like i'm gonna i'm gonna like section it off so it's gonna be like we're doing it remote <laughs> yeah but we're gonna be like learning that right next to each other um yeah, but yeah exactly. that's that's on the horizon um but i think last episode could have gone as as well as i think uh for the first episode but for this week's episode man you know we got to elevate you know new topics uh new suggestions from you guys um a little bit of everything but let's first and foremost let's talk about supreme um before i get into this like this huge announcement about obviously we've all heard if you're on instagram if you're you're somewhat up to date with streetwear um even if you're just a fan of supreme um we all know that they recently sold to uh vf company uh, a larger conglomerate that owns a lot of different brands uh they were just sold for 2.1 billion that's a that's a pretty large number for uh, a streetwear brand right um but i want to go back to just this the the idea of supreme currently because you know that's one of the initial conversations that me and you had about streetwear was supreme that's something that we had in common do you find excitement right. about the brand currently still like to this day with releases and collaborations uh no not really honestly <laughs> i don't even it's like fun. i don't bother even yeah i don't bother looking at the lookbooks or you know like the preview of the season or anything like that and i don't know it just doesn't just doesn't really pique my interest anymore i think it's just you know for me you know it's it's time came and went and uh yeah you know, I'll occasionally browse the website every now and then. There's a the couple website. good things here and there, but yeah. I mean, yeah, or I mean, I, I agree. Um, I was one of those kids, like anybody else, uh, that would wait until I think they would. They usually came out around um, three, four a.m. Uh, of the pre of the of the new season, and looking at the previews, looking at. Uh, the lookbooks and i would li- i would literally wait for that i would scan through everything i would screenshot the things that i thought were gonna be like you know the things that i was gonna buy throughout the season um but at some point i don't know what happened it just it just didn't it, it just no longer intrigued me I honestly don't know what it was. Uh, there's a lot to it, I think, though. Is it, it, the, the brand itself, even though it's been around for so long and we've gone through so many different renditions of it and uh, so many different collaborations, things that we've we've dreamt about in terms of, hey, I need this to release. I need, um, you know, multiple box logos a season. Like, we've, we've gotten that in the past couple of seasons. But for some reason... I'm no longer that interested in it. I'm no longer interested in what the resale value does for me. I'm no longer interested in, you know, waiting in line for, for, 
for that item even the fact that the store is right you know like it used to be right down the street from my house it still did not intrigue me to be like a i this this is the the number one brand in the world this is the brand that i care about, you know like i don't know what it is like do you think we just grew out of it i think so yeah i think you know like when we first ventured into liking supreme and being a customer you know consumer of supreme like you're kind of you know like you're in your teens going into young adulthood young adulthood and you know i think as time goes on you're when you get older you're just like well you know do i really need to put in so much effort to get like a t-shirt mm. like i don't really care for it that much anymore you know like it's just i think with us especially being industry wear for as long as we have been it's it's just like we know what's it's like we we know what to expect and sort of the novelty of it is, is gone you know what yeah. i mean like back you know like even in like 2014 2013 2012 whatever you know like the novelty was still there you know there's still a lot of great drops um you know like it wasn't i guess it felt special to me mm. like that that feeling isn't necessarily there for me anymore um because i don't know i just don't that's not that's not my my image or like what i like to wear anymore i think my taste is just different now i think it was the um, not i think to, it was the yeah. ability to choose in the early years of, of when we sort of kind of first found supreme to be like the it held the top spot in, in regards to like what brands that we cared about. Right. So, you know, Supreme was the only brand that I knew at the time that was doing, you know, Canadian fleece, right? Like this is like high right. quality. I'm paying. This is the first time I even thought about ever paying over $150 for a sweatshirt. And this was retail, not even the resale market. Right. Um, this was the first brand where I realized that, Hey, I could buy this shirt for, 33 and i could sell it for 70 and that opened me up to you know the the world of re the resale market you know but i think with anybody who has come across you know and we're talking high school years right you come across the the you know the, the girl the first girl that you meet and you're like yo this might be the one right <laughs> like she introduced you to the cool food she introduced you to like all these things that you never heard about you're a young naive little high school kid right and then you think like hey i'm about you know this is gonna be the one for me this is the end all be and then when you grow up it, it the little like the 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 novelty of it the the, the butterflies the butterflies and novelty the of it, the spark it's no longer there and that's like the best analogy that i could use for supreme because i've seen it all right because at this point they're already retroing if we want to use that term they're already retroing stuff that they've done in previous years i mean going back to like 2010 2011 they're already redoing that stuff in 2020 so if you really think about that it's just you know how much more can they do and what are they going to do next to blow you out of the water um because i mean it takes a lot to impress us in terms of streetwear nowadays am i right like we were talking shit about a brand earlier that we may mention or might not mention but 
what is the what was your favorite collaboration of all time? Let's start there. Let's let's talk your favorite collab collaboration of all time. We can you know we can shit on the rest of the stuff in a bit. With like Supreme yeah, or like anything general. that they've done that you can remember being um, like really really cool. In 2014, I think it was like fall winter. They did with they did a collaboration with the artists who did the art for like all the alien movies. And I thought that was really cool. It seems like HR Geiger or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a really cool collaboration. I just really liked the artwork that they featured. Um, And then I think there's a Stone Island collaboration that came out that year too. That was kind of like a... They had like some floral print, like nylon, like parkas and stuff. I think that's that same season. Um, But that was super cool. Uh, That was actually my first time at the Supreme Store. So uh, in New York, and that was super sick to see... But I don't know. I like I like more of those like under the radar collaborations, like the. Well, we'll see. We'll shit on stuff like yeah. Okay, well, well, you? you hold on to that one. Um, in terms of like favorite collaboration, I, I'd say it'd have to be like you 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 uh you said it like perfectly when you said like the the ones that go under the radar, the ones of the people that you didn't think that they were going to collaborate with, right? A, a lot of those ones are are ones that not a lot of people ended up really buying they're not a lot of of people's favorite collaborations like obviously the stone island and the and the vans and the nike ones are have always been the best ones um just just because i feel like there's a higher they're they need a higher quality of 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 ideas to go into those because those are the most sought out ones every year right they release a north face uh, a vans a nike uh, a timbaland um and a couple others it's like um it's like very routine for them to do it every year and almost twice a year depending on you know what season it is uh, but for me i think the, the one of the ones that i thought was the was one of the funnest ones was the daniel johnston collab um with the drawings i think i thought that those were really really cool um it's actually just like a sticker on my on my laptop but he drew um i don't know i can't i don't want to try to describe his artwork but it, it's there's like a very famous drawing of of his that i feel like most people would recognize when if they were to see it um and then another one is it like the duck yeah, one the duck one the duck one and yeah. then the recent one i that i thought was really cool was the hellraiser stuff um i always thought that movie was super sick and then to see him like on a supreme shirt and like with the with the whole like big face graphics being a big thing at the at the time, I thought those were really cool too. Um, but those are like some like notable ones. Obviously, you can you can talk cause you could talk um, like any of the like specialty box logos, like stuff like that. But how about we go into like favorite product release, like specific product? Like, is there something that you've always wanted? to own whether it's like something that's completely out of your reach something that you know you might have even tried on back in the day but you know didn't buy it for some certain reason and to this day you almost regret it like do do you have like a favorite product specifically that you could have owned yeah they did this like um sounds like super crazy but they did this like wool coat but it was like orange it was like a you know like a three button long coat Whoa. made from like i think it was like Loro piano Whoa. which is like super fucking expensive and it was like orange like safety orange and i thought that was super sick that came out like not that long ago 
it was like maybe a year or two ago definitely wasn't that long ago but that, i thought that was super sick is it like a it wasn't um, like a I like, hound's tooth it was just like a tall ass orange wool coat yeah there's a couple other ones too um like the supreme cdg mm. stuff from maybe like three or four years ago with like the tartan plaid yep. like i think they did a i don't know if they did a bomber jacket but they did some sort of jacket that was super sick too um and i definitely missed out on that because i was pretty broke at the time <laughs> but i'd say those a lot of like those sort of i don't know i don't want to say under the radar but more like those low-key pieces yeah what about you um for me man i think this this almost brings me back to to my time in college when i was like really like really buying supreme like every release i would buy something whether it was to personally wear or sell myself this is when i was getting into like hype beast forums and ebay listings and stuff like that but the 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 biggest thing and i actually own it which i'm really hyped on was and and i'm never gonna sell it to date because of how like of the importance it is to me and it's nothing crazy it's just it's a it's a faux fur parka on the inside and just like a regular it's actually a, a hooded coach's jacket with faux fur on the inside and a thr- giant thrasher logo on the back and that was one that i was looking for for the longest time it took me it, it had come out you know years after i was actually looking for it um and it took me a good minute to find it and it was it's to this day my favorite and probably like of all pieces that exist on uh in supreme my personal favorite um and that's her favorite yeah, piece like ever yeah i was i was looking for that one specifically i don't know what it is about it but anytime i saw somebody wear it i just i just imagined like how cool it would look on me um to this day it doesn't look that cool <laughs> on me but <laughs> it's still my favorite piece to own of all of all the pieces that i i have owned um i've seen you wear that thing like twice that's I the think. i mean that's how important it is to me i just don't wear it <laughs> I just right, sits right. in my closet dusty <laughs> uh do you have like a personal like like a favorite story that incorporate like it involves supreme at all uh yeah i think the funniest one is um it's funny because we talk about this like every week but i think that wound is still open yeah uh yeah so let me give you guys some context we were at we were in la i was with ryan in our two other homies marco and marco uh they're both named marco and um we were in line to go in supreme on uh was that fairfax and then um you know we were waiting in line you know the line was like maybe like i don't know 20 30 people deep and we get to the front and he lets marco and marco go inside and i'm assuming like okay cool like he you know, this guy, I'm sure he knows that we're all together. We were all talking in yeah, line, I mean, you know. came to L.A. together <laughs> in the same yeah. car. Yeah. And so I try to go in, and the security guard's like, he gives me this look. He's like, whoa, where are you going, buddy? <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, I'm with them. And then he looks, the security guard looks at Marco and other Marco, and he's like, is this guy with you? And they just shake their head and look away Damn. and so basically marco and marco 
made Ryan, left Ryan and I outside of the Supreme Store and made us and embarrassed us in front of like thirty people. Hey, to this so, day, I'm not as that's my hurt about it as Nate is. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's it's you know that you come to the club with the homies. You know, you guys are all dressed up. You're excited, and uh, you just have some people that you know. They see the opportunity and they just kind of leave you in the dust, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Marcos for that. That is still bro. Very I don't funny. even think they bought anything that day. No, they didn't actually. Not not for themselves at least. They did not buy anything. No. Um, I remember you bought something. You and as we were leaving the store, you had already regretted buying it and was ready to resell yeah, low key. it. <laughs> yeah, low key. Like, why did I buy this shit? I think I still have you it do. too. I couldn't even. I couldn't even resell I'm it. Like I tried for like a I'm year on to buy it off of you if you, if you want me to. Um, it's like an orange. Yeah, hat. I would love to buy that. You know what's funny though is most of my experiences with Supreme actually um, revolve around surviving college. So everything that I ever bought from Supreme at the time was used to resell. Obviously, as a broke college student, like you're gonna use that to your advantage. Any any upper hand that you you have in in the resale industry like if somebody's gonna offer me twenty dollars more than what it costs i'm flipping that shit because you know how much beer i can buy with twenty dollars it's like that's as a, a meal too student, like that's a that's a right. two slicer and a beer for like five bucks like that's those are the types of things like those are the types of finesses that you you look forward to and so like yo you didn't have financial aid so when <laughs> so, <laughs> you, so, didn't, you didn't you didn't fill out the fafsa so, um you know i think the one of the the, the best <laughs> all right look 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 i'm gonna, I'm gonna make this very clear supreme I, reselling supreme items has gotten me over a lot of uh huge stepping stones in my life right so when i moved into my first apartment in san francisco and i feel like i've talked about that apartment multiple times in episodes in order to 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 pay the down payment i had to resell all of my supreme stuff (laughs) all of it my entire collection except for the one jacket that i've mentioned earlier and that's literally how i was able to move in uh, to the apartment now for, for for college i would buy all the the releases i i, I think i owned like the um the supreme nike sb dunk the, the the like the bright orange ones with the elephant print i had those um i had the air force ones uh just a bunch of the shoe collaborations i had the, the a couple of the air maxes uh one of uh, one of the pair of the jordans and i resold all of it just to get through college and um i think that is my fondest connection with the brand uh damn so you're like in it they in helped it. me like eat. you were like yes they helped me eat and uh like you were you're deep was, in it i was in it I was, I was, i'm not gonna say i was deep in it but i was in it Larry knows <laughs> Larry, if you're still still here, you can vouch for me. I had a closet full of of just random Supreme pieces that would only be there for like a week <laughs> and they would be gone. And he'd be like, yo, where'd that go? Like, nah, it's gone. I'm wearing a new piece the next day. Like, nah, that's gone. <laughs> like, oh, to be a uh, a starving college uh, student. Um, 
but yeah but i kind of miss those it, days you dude know? of course yeah i felt like like you, you could relate to other people in college just based around the fact that hey you're probably not working that much just like i am because we're here at this bar at three o'clock in the afternoon both drinking a beer on a tuesday <laughs> you know what i mean like it's very relatable in the sense which which i loved um but let's, let's talk about the main reason while we're talking about Supreme, right? So Supreme sells for $2.1 billion. VF Company, If for, for those of you that don't know, as well as myself, who's just learning about who these people are, they are uh, like the LVMH, essentially, of literally anything you could imagine, right? So if we're going to talk about what VF Company owns in terms of brands, um, some are actually pretty similar to the ones that Supreme already collaborates with which is you know the north face which is very consistent vans uh timberland a lot of those ones they're already you know currently collaborating with but these are the guys that own that shit right so just imagine a brand as big as vans a brand as big as the north face is owned by someone even bigger you know it's 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 kind of wild in 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 how that and how you look at it because you know lvmh does the same thing to think that there are brands or corporations or holding companies that are larger than the actual brands that are worldwide known and all this other shit like it's pretty wild um but the whole idea obviously and we talked about this in recent episodes you know the carlisle group also contributed to buying 50 percent of the shares of supreme back in do you know what year this this was like two years ago right a year ago year two yeah this is like the very first year that we did the podcast so it was that I feel like that was like three that years ago. It's called like it's called like two okay, and a half. maybe around like 2018. This was like a, a w- way before they had opened, you know, the um, the San Francisco store, which is probably you know due to in part that the fact that they had more resources and were able to to grow in that capacity. But you know, from a quote that was stated uh, by the VF company, you know, the head of the VF company, the idea is to basically, you know, in ensure that there is sustainable long-term growth for the brand we hear this all the time right like i'm gonna buy out this company because i want to see them live longer i want them to be in in more countries more states could supreme sustain itself like couldn't they like without them they've been doing it for however many years right so what makes you what makes anyone think that they couldn't have done it by themselves i think so i think they could have sustained themselves but i think again the big thing is like growth and expansion, you know, like as a privately owned business, Supreme, you know, had like how many stores, I don't know, 10, 11 stores mm-hmm. like open before they were acquired by the Carlisle group. And, uh, you know, I think for them, like that was okay. Like that was good. That was great. But I don't think, I think they had bigger ambitions than that. I think, you know, Especially now, there's a lot of potential in other economies like Asia. I know they're trying to expand a lot, um, looking towards China and things like mm-hmm. that because the, you know, the demand is there, the money's there, um, and I think you know, like Supreme could potentially do it by itself if it if they wanted to. But um, I think for really like larger scale expansion, that it's I think it was sort of necessary that they partnered with a larger like they essentially got bought out by vf corp um you know just again like what you said resources and uh financial backing i think goes a long way when you're trying to expand 
rapidly. Um, As far as like how sustainable that is and how that's going to go, obviously like only time will tell. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Like, do you think that because of the acquisition by VF Corp and like because of like the supposed expansion to like opening new stores in a lot of other cities, do you think that's going to water down even further? Like, do you think that's like, what? what's your take on Man, that? I don't think that the brand can get, I, I guess it's just the bubble that I exist in, right? Like I don't imagine it ever becoming bigger than it already is. It's, it, it's right. growing exponentially to the point where, you know, they're adding more stores. They're, they're, they're planning on adding more stores. You're seeing it in mainstream pop culture. You're seeing it in other countries. You're seeing it become bootlegged in other countries, uh, like the Italian fake Supreme Italian store, right? So obviously, I feel like the world knows about the brand. I mean, what? And the reason why I ask this question is because what? Where's what more growth can you make from of Supreme, right? I feel like it's being stretched. To the point where, you know, do they want people in Alaska or Antarctica wearing Supreme N3B parkas? Like, is that what they want? Like, they want, um, you know, they want uh, construction workers wearing Supreme branded high-vis vests and jackets. Like, I I don't understand what expansion means in the sense of, like, we're going to put the funds, the resources... Um, the insight into your company to bring it to the likes of millions of other people in the world who else doesn't know (laughs) you know what i mean like right are we going to continue with the idea of having you know in-store release like in-store only releases like you know with the with a a high demand are we going to have two stores per city like i guess these are things that we're going to have to come across as we you know you know uh over time but those are those are some potentials multiple stores in multiple cities um i highly doubt it's going to be higher quantity of shit i think it's just going to be more accessible but not in the sense of like quantity if you get what i'm saying right i think i think that's the key there for in order to not like water down and dilute their brand you know like their business model is based off you know the traditional streetwear business model Mm -hmm. of low quantities i'm going to keep things exclusive and whoever gets it gets it and it, that's like that's your reward you know like i not just the physical item itself but it's almost like a a badge of honor like i got this and you know only 50 other people have yeah. it you know like that's the that's the whole novelty of it and i think even if they do expand and open you know five more stores 10 more stores or whatever it may be i think they're smart enough to know that that's the business model that they need to rely on in order to, you know, keep up their brand image and really maintain, you know, the perception of them as like, this is like the quintessential streetwear brand. Mm. You know what I mean? Cause I don't know. We, we've seen other brands like the hunt, like, you know, whoever um, be sold in PacSun or yeah. zoomies or whatever, you know, and it almost gets, like their brand and the brand's message almost gets lost especially when it comes to like a streetwear brand you know what i mean it's it's like well you know i felt like i was part of this club this you know 
this community and now we're just opening the door to everybody which is i guess is kind of a pretentious way of looking at mm. things but i mean ultimately that's what street war is about right it's like the exclusive exclusivity of it is what makes it fun i mean that's just the but social I, media mentality you know what i mean it's it's viewing things from the from through a microscope essentially and what's funny and and i want to this is kind of something that i'm thinking about you, th- you, you take a brand that's that's owned by vf corp like you take a brand sorry that's owned by vf corp like vans right initially they start out they are the quintessential skateboard brand right they start off in the surfing skate community they're worn by you know the pioneers of skateboarding and then assuming at some point they get bought out by this company but that doesn't but nobody ever questions that vans is a is a sellout right the fact that they're being sold at they're sold at the pack suns at the the journeys and the pay like all these other like random shops but nobody ever questions them as a skateboard shoe company right but that's the thing that's di- that's different you know like i think there's a key difference there of like like you said skateboard company like shoe company one and a streetwear company i think the like the business model is there different you know what i yeah. mean like sh- like footwear like you're supposed to no one's exp- I mean, other than, like, an iconic shoe like the Jordan, like, which in itself is its own sort of business model, you know what I mean? You have to, it's, it relies on, like, supply and demand. Yeah. Like, I I took fucking Econ 1, I know what I'm talking about, you know, little graphs and, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, the lines. things, yeah, yeah of course. The, the P's and Q's, the price and quantity, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know well, what the, it is. The, the trajectory and the X, yeah. Right, where the X and the Y, and then, like, the... One goes up, one goes down. The, yeah, and then the um, fuck. What's the U-shaped one called? What's like the the the, the U-shaped like the not the not the it's not Ebola. That's a fucking no. a, a parabola, <laughs> a parabola. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, um, Ebola. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. To your point though, but ah, fuck. I don't even know what I was saying anymore. But you know, like uh, a company like Vans, for instance, they're they're not looking to sell out of every single mm. pair of shoes that they have in their inventory you know what i mean like of course they account for like runoff inventory going into sales yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff going into discount um supreme doesn't really that's not how they operate you know brands like that that's not how they operate yeah um so i think that's what the major difference is there you know like of course there are vans that sell out but they're not looking to sell every single thing they're just trying to you know make enough to you know cover their costs and maybe a little bit more change on the Do side you think supreme can grow out of the the uh, the bucket of a streetwear brand um i don't think so i think with with them and a lot of streetwear brands it's hard to once you're so cemented in the world of streetwear or once you're once you're known for something, it's almost hard to like veer off into mm. something else. You know what I mean? Like, if I were, like, if I were an actor, right? Like a, I was about to say Grammy award winning hey, actor, you, hey, like an Oscar. That's where, <laughs> that's where your benchmark is. Then that's where your benchmark is. It's all good. No, I mean, I mean, like a, if I were, you know, if I were like a Oscar nominated actor, mm. right? It's almost hard to pivot to a career in 
like singing or a career in i don't know whatever it may be mm. like you don't like you're not like fucking... it's not too far off though right like like if you're a very talented person or like you're just like people just love you for who you are i feel like you can pivot in any sense of you know if if it's acting or if it's music or if it's you know um i don't know fucking diving i don't know like i feel like (laughs) i feel like if they love you they're gonna tune in and they're gonna you know they're gonna watch like think of somebody like you like you know who who could be like um like a physical comparison of what supreme is somebody like like shia labeouf i feel like shia labeouf is like that dude right like he obviously was a child star even stevens massive hit of holes right a huge what do they say Uh, um a blockbuster (laughs) right the box office was going off for holes and then he decided to pivot and make you know like the weird indie movies but he's like he's the still the guy you know what i mean like i feel like that's supreme but that okay yeah but i mean he's still within the same sort of field like it's still the film industry like it's not like shia labeouf is like yeah, you know, I've, I've been an actor, you know, let's let's try being a chef, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to be a great chef, you know what I mean? That's t- two totally Somebody's different things. Somebody's going to stick with them is what I'm trying to say. And I feel like, like yeah. no matter who it is, they could, you know, you could be a, an actor releasing a cookbook and people are still going to like you. I feel like, you know, like it's as long as they trust your the authenticity of you, which I feel like a lot of people do with, with, with Supreme, it, it doesn't matter what they do. Right, like ye- we not we year after year they put out trash collaborations. They put out worthless, meaningless products like bricks, and people eat it up. Right, they don't ha- they they can do whatever they want, and I think originating with the is like they like to use as like a, a slogan the fuck them all mentality. They can seemingly do nothing wrong. Which is like a really cool place to be, like a really cool position to be in when it comes to being a brand that essentially doesn't stand or stand with anything. (laughs) You know what I mean? But do you think like, I don't know, because obviously we talk about this a lot and, you know, like the world changes at at such a fast pace these days. Like what, at what point do you think people are going to be tired of Supreme? You know what I mean? Like what is it? What is it going to take for, you know, these Gen Z consumers who I'm assuming are the biggest consumers of Supreme? Mm. What is it going to take for them to be like, oh, I'm good off that? You know what I mean? Because we we grew, we grew out of it, like we talked about earlier. We've been following streetwear since I don't know the early 2000s, like 2004, yeah. 2005 for me, and like we grew out of that phase. Like, what is the next sort of shift? from supreme i mean from from the 20 years that we've been paying attention to it you know like well not 20 years but from the 20 years that we've been (laughs) retrospecting it right and seeing like the transition of what supreme has been doing since you know even from 2010 to 2020 that's 10 years right that's a that's an entire decade so 
the interest is still there. <laughs> like I don't I don't I don't know like right. if, if I was a a weather forecaster, right? And I was basing what the weather is, right? This is based on trends from the year previous and the previous year and all that stuff and I'm trying to do like what the weather casters do on the on the screen and shit. But <laughs> if I was a a street caster, a streetwear caster, I would assume that the next year's worth of supreme, the next year's clout of supreme would continue to be on the uprise. Right, and that's just like uh, an honest prediction. If you were to put money on it, and you, and people were to say, "You think Supreme's going to be big next year or cool next year?" I put my money down on that. You know, I don't know what what it's going to take for it to not be cool because it spent such a long time at such a great height of being cool. And this is not like a like a like a musical artist that you know spans you know ten years. Um, and then says some political statements and is now no longer the coolest rapper in the world. We're not talking about him, right? This is the streetwear brand that seemingly started out as being whatever the hell they wanted to be and is currently still the same thing. So it's hard to dictate, you know, that because you don't know what they can do wrong. And it only right. gets to that point is when there's the downfall, when they do something wrong, they do numerous collaborations that suck they they don't release um the things that they used to release so it's, it's hard to, it's really hard to predict with, with with supreme i think yeah i mean to your point i i agree in some i agree like i think for the next couple of years like they're definitely still going to be on the radars like the hottest streetwear brand um as far as you know their reach yeah. and I don't know. I think for me, it's almost like take like a Ralph Lauren or like Polo. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it's so cemented in what American fashion is that even if it's not trending, like people are still good, still going to wear yeah. it. Right. But at some point there's this sort of drop off and sort of this plateau of like, okay, you know, like there's a, you know, like this new thing's taking yeah. over. These other things are taking over. You know what I mean? But you know, as we, as we we talked about before, like fashion culture is always cyclical. You know, it always comes back mm. around. And I think that's you know that's going to be the same case for Supreme, especially since they, like I mentioned before, they they've cemented themselves as the quintessential streetwear yeah. brand. Yeah, you know, they might not be the most hot at the moment, but I think there's always going to be. A place for them and eventually you know we're gonna circle back around and be like well you know like i remember supreme yeah. like i used to wear that when i was like 15 like maybe i should start wearing that again yeah you know? yeah yeah i mean yeah exactly and you know at the end of the day they're gonna make something that me you and whoever's watching is gonna need every day which is clothes right a right. shirt hopefully pants some shoes and some socks, right? And as long as Supreme is making that, somebody's gonna buy it. And and I mean, even to, to Cody said in the chat, that's when you know you stay too, true to your brand ethos, no matter what the consumer thinks. And they've definitely done that because if you've ever read a hype beast article comment section, if you've ever gone on Instagram comment section underneath the post, you there's more hate than. Uh, probably not as much hate as a Trump rally, but there's a lot of hate, right? <laughs> and it just shows that they're willing to stick by it. And they're, you know, they're on their way of being literally the biggest, 
I'm not even going to call, I don't even know if I can call them a streetwear brand. They're, they're the largest brand right now that is making more impact in terms of, you know, guiding the the ticker of cool, if you want to call it that. What do you, the, the, they're just, they're, they're the ones that are doing moving it. the moving needle. Moving the needle. Yes. That's why you're here. Moving yeah. the needle of, of what is cool. And they've done that uh, amazingly. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, this goes back to the, the first, literally the first thing that we said, are we going to, are we going to wear it? Are we going to continue to shop it? We'll see to be continued. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Um, but I want to move on to the next topic, which I think personally is something that I've been seeing a lot about, uh, a ton about, and I have no idea who this is and why he's so important. So obviously I had to do a little research as I would uh, as uh, of, of anybody who wants to talk about something, right? I got to get my facts straight before I just start blabbering about something I don't know. But right, I, I right. do want to talk about Warren Lottis and this whole idea behind bootlegging and nike um so i want to look at something real quick and i want to get your guys' sure. opinion on what this is um because to be honest it's it's pretty interesting so let me see if you guys can uh can watch this and you could watch this with us because i'm still trying to understand it too if there's an ad i'm going to be pissed i'm going to be so pissed it better be hey we can all watch it together yeah, yeah they're gonna get a lot of money from this yeah. Is that a pigeon dunk? Holy shit. Let us. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> man. Are you kidding me? Oh, you ain't going to hear back from him. <laughs> you ain't getting to comment back from this guy. But, okay, so essentially what's going on here? Hey, man, stop it. So basically, Warren Lottis <laughs> is a Los Angeles designer. Um, he puts out apparel collections that are, uh, I don't know how to describe them. They're just, you know, like a lot of flaming skulls. Uh, it's very, it's not like the most over the top apparel collection and probably something that a lot of you guys haven't heard about as well as us in terms of like what's on the radar of like what's currently cool and coming out of Los Angeles. So for us, at least trying to understand who this guy is and what he has to do behind the, these shoes is like what he does is he takes a Nike silhouette. Most popular is the, the, the Nike SB dunk is the ones that, you know, he's known for. And he basically puts his own twist on them, whether it's, you know, changing the swoosh around to, um, as you guys can see, and as you guys saw in the photo, the uh, the pigeon dunk. What was that? Um, like a Jason Voorhees mask, like swoosh. Yeah. Um, but that that's his thing. He bootlegs the shoes. He re he sells it on his website for around three hundred dollars, and then he basically takes pre-orders for them. So you don't get the shoes for three to four months. Uh, I believe that that's 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 how long it takes. 
can we talk about this idea of bootlegging first? Right, because that's yeah. uh, that's honestly one of the biggest trends currently is is bootlegging and uh, trucker hats. <laughs> I feel like uh, those two <laughs> alone uh, are are the biggest things in terms of you know what most people are creating their hustles around, what most people are creating like potential businesses around, and we've seen how a lot of brands have started like that. Right, Virgil's Pyrex, he's literally taking champion ready-made goods and just screen printing his logos on them right we're looking at people who another popular trend currently we're looking at people take you know already pre-made mlb fitted hats and they're embroidering their logos on that right these are things that already exist to the world that are no different than the original product other than the embellishment that the creator is putting on them right right so what makes this situation with warren lattice and basically bootlegging a shoe going as far as making them himself which is already like like applaud you for going through all that to make a bootleg SB dunk that almost looks just as good, if not better than the originals. Like that takes a lot of craftsmanship and resources, but how is that any different from someone who takes an already made hat out of lids or hat club and they sew their own logo on it and sell it for five times the price? How is that any different? I think for me, at least it's, it's more about the, the principle you know like you mentioned like a champion hoodie and virgil like screen printing or yeah. like you know whatever champion shorts and screen printing like his logo on it you know that to me that is different because in a way that item that he's appropriating is almost like a blank canvas mm. you know which i guess is kind of like a an iffy argument because anybody can That's say artistic oh, you know, like a argument. Pigeon. <laughs> yeah like a pigeon like the pigeon dog is a blank canvas yeah, like, yeah. yeah you could say that too but i think just the pigeon dunk in and of itself it's almost like it's so iconic that it's like you only don't want to it's it's almost like sacred you know mm. it's like sacrilegious to yeah. to try to improve upon it already you know i think with like a champion hoodie it's just you know okay champion hoodie cool great the first hoodie ever made awesome there's nothing like you know like extremely impressive about a champion hoodie other than like its quality you know what i mean it's not it's it doesn't it's it's place in popular culture doesn't hold or streetwear culture doesn't hold as much weight as like a pigeon Mm. dunk and i think that's where the difference is it's like it's like banks banks banksy graffitiing over a mona lisa and reselling it Right. It's like, right. This is something that a lot of people care about. They pay a lot of money to go see that or to buy that. And you doing that essentially ruins the original creator's reputation, um, the company's reputation and saying like, hey, like I'm the I'm the hot topic of the moment. I can take your product and resell it, if not manipulate it to be my product. And now I get two forms of hype right it's the product hype that currently existed and then my hype that i've created for myself and putting those two together i'm making money off of it and i'm not attributing anything to you and i think that's the biggest part is i'm gaining clout without your permission (laughs) which i mean if i'm nike 
and I see that, I'm I'm gonna be pretty pissed, right? I'm punching the air. I'm punching yeah. the air, and and yeah. I'm going to sue you, right? Because if we look at that shoe, let's look at this shoe again. Hold on, let's let's look at this shoe. If we look at this shoe, you're gonna tell me. Oh, whoa, Galaxy Fold, that looks lit. Hey, man, hey, get this fucking hat out of here. If we, if, we, if we look at this shoe, you're going to tell me that doesn't look like, a, like exactly like a dunk. That is a dunk. I don't care who you are, the fat right. tongue, the, the, the soul, the outsole, everything looks like a dunk. And the only thing that's different is the Reaper sew-on piece. Right. Like I can uh, if you're not going to attribute Nike and maybe if they even helped you create it, then that's one thing. But to basically take it and create your own model and silhouette out of it and then resell it is a whole nother thing. But this is different. Right. This is different from saying like, OK, I'm going to be someone that paints shoes. Right. I'm a buy a pair of Air Forces. I'm a paint them and then I'm going to just sell them to my friends is different. This is right. I'm going to create an entire business an entire namesake for myself based off of somebody else's product. And if every single piece of this shoe is trademarked from the outsole to the, the swoosh, to the materials, to the, just the construction of it, then you're going to have to pay your dues. Right. But this is funny because yeah. he says it basically sort of like commenting on the lawsuit basically says it intimidates other small businesses from exercising their creative freedom in the future, which personally I understand, right? Because as a large brand, you want people to, the hype is built around other people basically saying like, Hey, like someone like shoe surgeon, right? I'm gonna take this shoe. I'm gonna customize it. And people want this customized shoe as well as the original shoe that I made this out of. Right. So I can see, you know, his point there, but to be honest, like this idea of like the shoes really do look confusingly similar, which is a, a phrase that they use often, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? Like when you see a shoe like this and like, I, I just, I find myself like, going against this person because like i just find the product to be not that appealing yeah that's a nicer way to put it you yeah. know what i mean so i'm more inclined to be like well you know you kind of fucking deserve it you yeah know what I mean? like it's okay it, like it's not like anything to like like as a consumer i'm gonna look at it and be like well, that's all right you know yeah I, and i think for me it's bootlegging i think this sounds super fucking judgmental, but bootlegging has to be done well in mm. order for me to be like, okay, yeah, I see that, 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 that's just, that's not bootlegging. That's just, you know, he's just in, reinterpreting yeah. it. You know what I mean? But if it's something pretty shit, then well, you know, he, that person copied. Yeah. And, no, I agree. Know, like it, clearly infringing. Yeah. I'm sure like, don't get me wrong where these shoes are made, the silhouette, the material, I'm sure that they are a one. Right, because they would not be getting this much, um, this much buzz built around it if they were not, you know, quality shit. 
because they wouldn't even you know they wouldn't even give it the attention it, it deserves nike wouldn't care if this was like a candle model of it right like this is a shoe that people can actually wear that is actually good quality that that can potentially take money away from their brand so i get it it's looks completely the same he deserves to be sued personally I, that's that's how i feel um do I feel like creators should, you know, attribute their work? I mean, not always, right? Like you can take inspiration, you can make a make a graphic, whatever. But you're like this is creating an identity. This is creating a brand. This is creating, you know, a product based around something that already currently exists. If people are talking about it in the way that you think brands are looking at it, then you know, it, you're probably gonna get served somehow or some way, you know. I, yeah, I and mean, I think you know even Jeff Staple commented on it. And he he flat out said, "I don't think he directly said that like oh you know like I co-sign this person for doing this." You know what I mean? I think he said that he supports creators in this sort of DIY. He supports the DIY yeah. aspect of it, you know, which I think yeah is cool. Like that's yeah I I, I appreciate people who can. DIY and you know create a brand from that but to me I think sometimes it just comes off as I don't want to say lazy but just not necessarily like wholly thought out yeah if that makes sense no I agree there's there's this idea that there's you know nothing new under the sun right, right. a lot of stuff has been done already and a lot has been done right like we've see, I've seen um I've seen companies they they would rip a shoe that just came out, um, like a, like a, when SB Dunks are really hot. A company called Consolidated created a you know that Send Help Dunk the the blue yeah. and black and white one. They created a skate shoe based off of that, but instead of like literally the same silhouette, but instead of the swoosh, it was a banana. But it was being sold on you know on CCS and Active Ride Shop and all that. And nobody cared. But I think it's it's just the energy behind it, right? Like it could be a mock product and like, you know, people can like buy it and, and talk about it. But like when there's like conversations, when millions of dollars are being made, if Nike, if the, the brand that's in charge of it isn't getting a piece of that, then by all means, I get it. And Jeff Staple, like to his point, like obviously he started out in that same sort of fashion but he created something that was of his own right something that hasn't been made and so maybe if something right. comes from this that is a more elevated version of this maybe now that all this hype is built around this name of warren lotus maybe he builds a shoe of the same materials that doesn't look like any shoe that exists maybe i buy it then right maybe maybe it's higher <laughs> you know but i think the the reinterpretation of 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 a bootleg is is it's a very tricky, very, very like fine line between like a bootleg and like, this is my creative artistic representation of what I think this looks like. And that's so specific, right? but it, ha it, you know, yeah, it, ha it has to be thought out. Yeah. That's very subjective too, you know, because some people are like, well, you know, he is exercising his creative right. You know, this is his canvas and this is his work and you know, some people may feel that way, yeah. but to me personally, like you said, that, that fine line is very subjective and only, I guess, the creator of that piece really knows what their line is and what line they're not going to cross. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's different for everybody. Like, do I, for, for me, like, do I enjoy bootlegs? Do I like bootlegs? Sure, some, but I think a lot of them are, I, I don't want to sound mean, but I think a lot of them, to me, are pretty garbage. And um, I don't know. I think it's just sort of the perceived effort and the, the perceived intention of what this person is trying to create or what this person is trying to convey. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, but at the end of the day, you never really know, right? Like you never really know what this person is trying to accomplish, what they're thinking, like what they're trying to do. Um, because that's really on them. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the biggest thing nowadays is for a lot of people who are trying to find their niche in this industry, whether it's streetwear, men's fashion, women's fashion, or just, you know, any types of things that deal with clothes, there's there's so much you can do. So many things you can be a part of, right? You know, people find their passion in shoelaces <laughs> they find it in designing sneakers they find it in you know cut and sew i know a lot of people um that follow us they 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 were, were making um like bags out of sourced military material like that shit is like there, there's stuff like that that is cool it exists already right tote bags exist already but when you see someone's like pre-made version of that and it's constructed almost better than the than the than the brand that they're essentially modeling it, it after you gotta give it up to them right for for me personally and i feel like you have the same sentiment if it's not a good bootleg to us it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad bootleg in general right i mean that's not what we're saying we just don't think that it for what it's supposed to be, the message it's supposed to convey, or even just as a product itself. Am I going to wear it? Probably not. Is it made really well? Of course it is. He says it's made out of Italian materials, but not everything is for everybody. And I guess that's what I'm trying to say. But bootlegs are cool. I'm down with bootlegs. Did I own bootlegs before? Of course I did. My first pair of my first four pairs of Jordans when I was in middle school were all bootlegs. Did I know? I did not know. Will I ever buy from this site in China where I had to translate through Google Translate and ask Jeeves? I probably won't buy from there ever again. But that is um, that's a story by myself. But th I mean, yeah, I mean, that's kind of it's just kind of all I have to say about Warren Lotus. I want to see what happens, though. I want to see if because Nike can bleed someone. They can bleed a company for, for sure. sure. Oh, they have money. Trademark, have money. lawyers, all that stuff. They will cease and desist you so quick. That's why you don't see a lot of these like, you know, bootleg. Anything with a swoosh on it is is a Nike swoosh. Don't you dare put anything else in front of that because that shit will be gone. Right. Um, but I respect the creative endeavors of bootleggers, um, whether it's the ones outside of my favorite arenas <laughs> after concerts or those or are the best events. ones, Loki. Like I, those are the best bootleggers. Like hands down, bro. You you want to know a funny story? So this was back when um, not really, but good. I mean, you're just gonna have to listen to it now. <laughs> <laughs> this is back when the Golden State Warriors played at Oracle not too far ago or not too long ago, probably a year ago. But when I had w previously watched the game back when Oracle had like the Thunder mascot, right? The big blue guy. This was maybe about 10 plus years ago. 
And so I would go out into the tunnel where, you know, you would walk from BART into the stadium at, uh, I believe that's, that's not Fruitvale. That's, uh, that's Coliseum BART station. There would always be the people selling bootlegs there, right? Next to the hot dog cart, there's a guy on the floor with a big duffel with every size you need of a bootleg. So there was a guy selling a shirt and... You know, before that they before they had the 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 vintage hardwood classic warrior jersey that said the city, right? Yeah. He had a shirt that said the town. Obviously, they play in Oakland, and so that I mean that was their bootleg design or rendition of like the city logo. Fast forward to like current day, they have a jer- the Warriors wear a jersey that say the town on it. Like, can you like that? That's like a really and it doesn't happen for everyone. Right. Bootleg turns into like, hey, we're going to use that as the official thing. Sometimes it does. But that is like a good example of like, you know, if you do it right, maybe it wasn't right. I mean, I'm I'm sure like if if somebody saw them selling that shit, it would have been, you know, took. But if you do it in a way that's just kind of like paying homage and and you're not he's not creating an entire like empire off of a town shirt you know what i mean but like it's just something like that that i think is really is a is a cool coincidence on on seeing like it right. become a real thing and again again that like that goes back to the intention and like you said paying homage yeah. and creating something that's your own it's not just taking something slapping this on it and calling it a day just for the sake of it you know what i mean it's not i mean okay you can argue that it is that's a <laughs> this can be argued both yeah, ways of course like through and through Legging is is cool but also it could be illegal sometimes <laughs> right but i think the difference there is that you're doing something there God, this is such a weak ass argument. But <laughs> nah, you you're doing well. something. You're doing something there that you're creating something more, if that makes sense. You're not necessarily like I, what I just said. You're not just slapping something on there mm-hmm. and calling it a day. And it's something that people are going to gravitate towards because it's, you know, it. With that, it, it's more about. For context, I think it's work better if I give context. Like for instance, like the Warriors didn't play in San Francisco, right? Early, I mean, like at least for like, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did, but you know, they moved over to Oakland, yep. and like you said, like they still had those logos that said the city. Yeah. And for the community, you know, that wasn't very representative of their team, mm. you know, and by this person slapping the town on there, it's like, okay, like I feel represented now, you know, like this is truly like a representation of our community. If that They're makes sense. They're filling a void that I feel like is, is right. over overlooked oftentimes. Um, that that's actually that actually helps with the the understanding of the context of it. But the, you know that that's what why they say that imitation is the highest form of flattery, right? And it just depends on right. who's looking at that form of imitation. Yeah. They could say it's a bootleg. You copy me all the time. What? <laughs> huh? They could say it's imitation and it's a bootleg and it's illegal. Or they can say, that's a great homage. Give it to us. And we'll make you rich and famous and we'll, you know, we'll shout you out, right? 
I guess there's two sides of that coin that I feel like will be essentially expanded upon as we see, you know, more releases from this particular person. Um, if we see what Nike, how Nike deals with them, how Nike deals with future bootleggers. Um, but hey, it's to be determined. And that's why, you know, we do this because we want to update you guys on what's current, what happened in the past, present and future. Um, but I think that that's where I want to end it. You know, the, those are the two sort of top of mind topics that I want to talk about on today's episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Um, thanks for the comments. We're not going to talk about the what? shroom story. Oh, man. I th- Man, no. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are just going to have to wait on that one, to be honest. I feel like we've uh, we've talked a good amount about the topics that we want to talk about. And to be honest, the shroom story wasn't anything special. Um, but it's something that I wanted to put in there as clickbait. So thank you guys for joining. If you wanted to listen to uh, a shroom story, which isn't going to happen, but Hey, you never know. Maybe we'll talk about it next episode, but again, thank you guys for joining us on today's stream. Thank you guys for joining us for episode one fifteen. Uh, be sure to follow us on all our socials at no chance radio on Twitter, on Instagram, on Twitch, if you aren't following already, hit the follow button. It's right there on the bottom. Um, it just helps support what we do, and we can continue putting out these episodes. Um, if you don't know where to listen to us, we do have an audio podcast. It's exclamation podcast in the chat. Um, you can listen to us for free on SoundCloud. If you got Spotify, you got money, go listen to it on Apple Podcasts. Um, but hey uh thank you guys again for joining us and uh yes sir we hope to catch you guys in the next one peace